Hey, greetings, sports fans, Catholic radio listeners, Steve Ferguson and my co-host Brad Moore, and you're listening to Two Guys in a Conversation. Big week in sports again, Brad. Uh, a lot to talk about tonight in Siouxland sports, as well as our uh, Big Ten and and uh, just things that are happening around the sports world. So it's going to be a fun little show for us tonight. I think we should start off uh, talking again about our Healing Crusader football team. Kind of a tough luck season. Um, you know, Brad, you know, you're one in five. And I I, I don't know for sure, but prob- possibly mathematically out of the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think for sure they're, uh, from, what, from what I've heard, they're they're eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. Um, you know, still fighting to be, to have a respectable year. Uh, it's a great opportunity for the coaches. You got a team that's down, you know, they're one and five. Um, a lot of life lessons to be learned uh, in the remaining games here. You know what I would do? And we've talked about it before. I'd get the pride jerseys back out, put them on, and let's go play. And that's what they're playing for right now. And all, all teams are like that. But, guys, the healing kids have had a – they've fought. They've been in every game, and it's just one of those years where – the ball didn't bounce their way, an unfortunate injury here or there, and, and that's sports. And that's the best part about sports is that it teaches you how, at times, life can be pretty unfair. And so I I, I embrace the adversity parts of sports, and that's why I think uh, college sports are the best. To be a college, You were an athlete in college. I was a college athlete. The best part about college athletics is that you learn quickly how life is going to work, and, uh, and it's not always fair. And uh, injuries happen, and you know you just got to move on. Yeah, I mean everybody's down. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be some bad years um, for them in the future in business and in life. Um, and how do you come back? And how do you pick yourself up? And how do you finish? And I preach that here at work all the time. Um, what are you gonna do when things go wrong? And I want my employees to be battle hardened. I say that a lot. And uh, this is a chance for the healing football team to be battle hardened. How are they gonna bounce back? back for the rest of the year and and you know, are they going to play uh with pride they will there's no doubt about it and that you bring up a, a great point they have a legacy they can still leave they could come back and and make somebody else uh ruin somebody else's season and and uh and and leave a mark that will potentially um go into the next year as far as a carryover this is a carryover time one bright note though for healing uh kobe claiborne uh, the defensive lineman, I noticed that he's been listed as one of the top 15 to 20 college football prospects in the state of Iowa. And uh, there's a lot of Hawkeye report there tonight. So it'll be interesting to see where he, uh, he his future is, uh, Brad. Yeah, so upcoming game uh, with Lamar's. It's at Memorial Field. It's a home game for him. Uh, it's going to be quite a test. Uh, have you heard about uh, Tate Westhoff from Lamar's? Uh, their quarterback, uh, he's thrown for 1,632 wow. yards. Uh, 60% completion rate, wow. 20 touchdowns, zero interceptions. No way. Yeah, I watched a little bit of film on him. He's got a couple great receivers, uh, appears to be a really good quarterback, so another great challenge for Helan. Oh, that'll be good. Well, you know, as we talked about, one of the strengths of the Helan defense is their defensive backs, and uh, they, uh, they'll they be ready. Uh, it'll be a great game, and look for the Crusaders to really come out and, and battle hard. Um, one interesting uh, note, you and I just chatted about it, we went on air this uh this runner Shel- shelby hulahan uh has done it again she set the u.s women's record in the 1500 meters and you mentioned it before she seems like she just continues to get better and I, in high school she was the same way and then college 
And then now, you know, she made the Olympic team and it's just been an amazing journey for her. She's been a great athlete for uh, Sue Land to follow. She does seem to get better. I noticed she finished fourth in that race, which yeah. is quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's scary how good athletes Set a record and, and finished fourth. I think she's known for uh, her finish and her kick. Uh, one of my sales managers actually used her as an example in a sales meeting the other day uh, as we were finishing our government year-end time. And he said, we're going to have a Houlihan kind of kick for the end of our year. Wow, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. So anyway, um, you know, as we look around the area, uh, volleyball is, uh, you know, heating up and, and we're starting to make that stretch run as we get close to district. And uh, big, big tournament, uh, Brad, that uh, the Healing Crusaders are in, as well as the Dakota Valley Panthers and the East High Black Raiders, uh, I believe are there. Uh, Sergeant Bluff, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the roster, but it's the Hall Western Christian Tournament, and it is the elite uh, tournament of Northwest Iowa, and some of the best players and best teams uh, are going to be there. And it's going to be a great measuring stick for some teams and an opportunity to, to try to get yourself ready for district play. Yeah, I think there's three, possibly four, uh, number one rated teams there in, in some division, wow. either in South Dakota, Nebraska, or Iowa. A great opportunity for Dakota Valley's volleyball team there. I believe they're 18 and one on the year. 19 and one. 19 and one now on the year and uh, still ranked number one. And they get a chance to go out and see what they're made of compared to some of these other ranked teams. You know, that's great. It's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting tournament for them. And they, they're, they're hungry for that. You know, when you, when you hear some of the, the folks that are close to the program and, and some of the parents that we know, and they want to find out just how good they are. They did beat Sioux Falls Christian. Big time program. Sioux Falls Christian is measured up in these tournaments, and they did take Sergeant Bluff Luton to uh, in, a, in a shortened two two uh, game match to overtime in the second match. So they're capable, and so uh, it'll be a really good opportunity for them up there and see how they do. And and uh, I think the Healing Crusaders and, and possibly Dakota Valley might actually square off, which is I don't know if they've ever played each other uh, that I know of. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Say so I, ju I just have to throw in one thing is uh, I. I Ran into Beth Noel uh, in Okaboji, one of my neighbors, and she's an avid Catholic radio listener. And uh, she told me she was listening to the show. So I think that might be listener number eight for us. Wow, that's yeah, impressive. A big Thank fan. You. And Thank you, Beth. Yes, and I it, I had to laugh because she said, uh, Dr. Ferguson is really good. Oh, right, <laughs> right, right. We know yeah. better. We don't, you know, we were talking about this. We went to dinner with our wives the other night. And I said, hey, Gene, and by the way, if you hear me, say JMO, it's what I always call her JMO, Jean Moore. And I said, Gene, you have good Brad, is it this little thing? I said, we don't even, I don't even tell him what we're going to talk about. And I just say, hey, what do you think, Brad? <laughs> so uh, it's been a little bit of fun. Our so, prep time is about five minutes. Yeah. I hope it doesn't seem like five minutes. Well, it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be two guys sitting around and going, hey, what's going on? And, uh, but anyway, we, we uh, have enjoyed the fact that a few people are listening and we sure appreciate all of that uh, support. And it's been a fun project for us. So, Brad, um, uh, just a couple other things. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about golf. And unfortunately, we talked about Jackson Thompson and what a great player he is. And, and he didn't get that opportunity to uh, to qualify for state over district center night. Windy conditions. And you mentioned it. You're a golfer. Golf is a fickle sport. And, and measuring over just 18 holes. Do you think that's enough to define no. who the best is? No, not at all. I think that's like having a one-quarter football game. You no. just, anything can go wrong in 18 holes, especially when it's a 35-mile-an-hour wind. 
If you get on the wrong side of a, a, a pin and you're putting downwind, it turns a par into a double. Um, a lot of it's by luck, so I would rather see him stretch that at least out to a couple rounds. I'm a big, big believer that in looking at sports and athletes, that you have to really look at a body of work and you have to look at individuals differently. You know, I always think about basketball players and I think of what's your free throw percentage in the fourth quarter? What, what, what is your shot percentage in crunch time when it's a critical type of thing? What, what do you do when the game is on the line? And the statistics can vary so much, Brad. There is the, the stat packers and there's the people that actually make it happen and when it's crunch time. And so in golf, I don't think you have anywhere near that opportunity to define who the best player is in that short period of time. So it's a bummer that uh, Jackson's not going to get to showcase his skills, but uh, it sounds like he's heading south to Omaha, though. Is that correct, Brad? I don't know for sure, but uh, I, I know that he was sure excited about an offer from Creighton. You think a phone call to his dad was switching to the Hawkeyes? Uh, I think it's worth a shot. <laughs> hey, and one shout out to Sioux City uh, East golfer, sophomore Drake Anderson did qualify for the state tournament. So congratulations, Drake. Great. great. Well, listen, everybody, we're uh, a lot more to talk about coming up in the sec next section of our show. Two guys in a conversation. We'll catch you in just a couple of minutes. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. I'm Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore. And uh, we're entering the second part of our show tonight. And uh, over the past few weeks, if uh, any of you have listened, you know that we really like to talk about uh, college football, in particular the Big Ten. And we call this section of our show Brad and Steve's Room of Knowledge. So, Brad, before we get into our, our weekly discussion on, on Big Ten football, Tell me what your thoughts are on the pay-for-play um, uh, issue in California where college football athletes are going to have the opportunity to be reimbursed for uh, different marketing aspects, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So California passed the Fair Pay uh, for Play Act. Uh, it's supposed to go into effect in uh, 2023. Interesting thing is, is uh, they want to compensate their athletes uh, for using... Um, or, or allow them to be compensated for, for using their name, image, or likeness. Yeah. So they can get endorsement deals, book signing deals, yeah. uh, commercial deals. I don't think that they're um, bringing forward actually the university paying their athletes directly yet, but uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, so it's very interesting. Here, here's my bottom line thought is that uh, there are problems enough with college athletics. There's enough of an emphasis put on college athletics I think if you start paying athletes, um, you're really opening a can of worms. And, and I do not like the erosion of the educational mission of the universities. And, and that's something I read. And, and boy, that's what I think. I think that, uh, you know, they're getting a, an education and the priority should be on uh, the student athlete. So uh, I'm not a big fan of it, although I would be for some sort of stipend or s some small amount, but uh, I certainly don't want to get attorneys and agents involved in college athletics. Well, I think there's a tremendous amount of support for your thoughts there. Uh, you know, I think it, that what's happening is that, you know, uh, these athletes sometimes uh, may get injured. They may have the opportunity to make money. I, th I can see sort of the, that perspective of it, but the institution of college athletics is so unique and so special that I think we're really risking tearing down something that is uh, so special 
I, I do think that we'll talk more about this. There are some thoughts, and I've, I've had a chance to talk to some people that are pretty knowledgeable about college athletics, former coaches, and that kind of thing. And I think we'll bring, try to bring some of those folks on. This is a topic that uh, is going to need to be uh, further examined, and the NCAA has got a problem. They're going to have to make a serious decision as to how they're going to handle this because it becomes an unfair playing field for recruiting. Uh, it just is just too disruptive, and, I, and I'm uh, very disappointed that that happened in California. Yeah, they're already talking about banning California athletes and universities from NCAA events. So um, there's going to be a, a definite uh, collision course uh, going on here. Well, we're going to move on to uh, our, our weekly talk on Big Ten football. I was uh, in the big house at Ann Arbor, had the, uh, the pleasure of going to Cleveland and Hey, if you haven't been to Cleveland in a while, I was incredibly impressed. It's a kind of a re rebirth. I'm sure LeBron had something to do with that. But uh, we were downtown and we stayed in a kind of a, a historic area where uh, my son Tanner and his wife Kayla uh, live. I did tell Kayla, I'd throw a shout out, the former Kayla Carpuck from Bishop Peeling, two-time state volleyball champion. And uh, she wanted a little love on the show. I said, okay, I can take care of that for you. So. Anyway, it was a great time, and then we drove over to Ann Arbor, and my brother-in-law took me to the game, uh, who's a Michigan fan. Um, 111,397 there, Brad. And uh, you you've, uh, you touched on it earlier in the year before we get into our listing. Michigan still is a good team. Well, their two defensive tackles had been out, and they were, they were present in that game, and they were a major disruptive force. And we'll talk more about that game later on. But uh, we're going to get into our weekly countdown now with uh, Ohio State, no-brainer. Still number one. Wisconsin number two. You're still good with that, Brad? Yes, for sure. Wisconsin. Penn State. We moved Penn State to number three. We have to. Um, they've got the uh, second-ranked scoring defense in the country and one of the top offenses. We put we put the Michigan Wolverines back up to number four, and I think deservedly so, with those with those two defensive uh, players back. And they look, they look pretty tough. Um, and now we've got to do something that I just – don't know how I can handle this, but we got to put Minnesota Gophers at five. Let's hope it's a one-week stay. Yeah, let's hope so. And it's hopefully the Nebraska Cornhuskers have a lot to say about them getting out of our top six. And then we put a, a tied. Again, we, we tied Michigan State and Iowa. I think we still have to have Iowa hanging around there. Iowa's defense was phenomenal. Yeah, I think you look at those top six or seven teams, and uh, that's quite a list. They're They're impressive. So the Big 12 is known for its offense, you know, and the and the Big 10 has been known for its I don't know if it's been known for defense, but I think it's a defensive and and certainly a physical conference. And Brad and I were just noticing that in the NCAA, the top 4 scoring defenses in the country reside in the Big 10, led by Wisconsin number 1, number 2 Penn State, and then Iowa and Ohio State are tied uh at third. So pretty crazy yeah so the uh, the argument out there especially from the big 12 and the iowa state fans are going to be well, does that mean that they're good on defense or that bad on offense but well, well if you look at the iowa state iowa game it would reflect that both iowa was pretty good on defense and they're pretty horrible on offense yeah so. well i was really i watched um most of the iowa michigan game i was really impressed with iowa's defense i mean yeah. they kept giving their offense a chance and you know, Iowa played a Nebraska type of game, which is very uncharacteristic for them. Yeah. They had four turnovers, eight penalties, um, couldn't rush the ball very effectively. So that's the style of football I've become used to. Um, I, I really expected Shea Patterson to turn it over late. I said it the week before. I thought Iowa would come away with that, and they nearly did. 
Well, you know, I think uh, your statements are are a hundred percent accurate, and I, I was anticipating something to to go south for Michigan, but they held it together. But Iowa's defense was really good, and and uh, it was it was a lot of fun, great environment. It's a different environment at Michigan. It's an organized crowd. It's a it's just different. They're they're just not as passionate. They're very uh, intellectual, if you will. And then, man, they are totally disappointed if they're not playing for the national championship. But how far has the Iowa program come when we leave Ann Arbor thinking we should have won that game or Mm -hmm. we could have won that game? And I think that's a that's a good sign. It's a good sign for us as fans, and especially Iowa fans, to think that we could have went to the big house and beat them. Even uh, in their their down years, Iowa has never been intimidated by going to the big house. Iowa has been a thorn in Michigan's side mm-hmm. side for about the past fifteen years. Yeah, they'd, I think they'd won five of the last matchups with Michigan. So it'll be very interesting to see now Michigan marching forward if this springboards them a little bit. They have a tough tough row. Uh, to to hoe, you know, to to get going. I found I also learned that Harbaugh is only one in seven against Ohio State, Michigan State combined. So he's got a couple proving games coming up. Yeah, and he's not doing so well against against Wisconsin either. So um, is Harbaugh on the hot seat? I don't know. Uh, we'll see by years in. Yeah, it'll be very very interesting. So the Cornhuskers down at Lincoln, uh, you know, pulled off a, a tough game. I, Northwestern is Northwestern. They, Pat Fitzgerald can coach defense. And I, he's, that's still scary. I mean, I know they don't have that great a team. They're still going to be a scary opponent. Their defense looked great when uh, Nebraska drove down the field at the uh, the first possession, uh, held Northwestern. I thought it was going to be a, an easier game, a three touchdown game. As the game went on, uh, Nebraska couldn't move the ball. I thought we were going to lose. We had no kicker. Uh, overtime didn't look very appealing, but uh, the last uh, few games between Nebraska and Northwestern have always come down to either overtime or the last play of the game, so uh, I guess I should have expected that finish. You know, if you want to win in the Big Ten, it's not a mystery. you got to get a line. you got to get line play, and you got to get disciplined defense. you got to get linebackers that can tackle in space. I mean, they're all, the, all the good teams are the same. They just have different caliber of athletes, but the philosophy is very similar. It's kind of like the Big 12 morphing into getting really fast receivers and fast DBs and playing wide open. It's just kind of funny how the, the whole characteristics of a conference kind of, uh, you know, shape together. Yeah, so earlier in the year, um, you said about Nebraska's offense, and I think you said it last year's, how is Frost's fast-paced offense going to do in the cold, wet weather? And so this weekend at Minnesota, chance of snow, definitely mm-hmm. precipitation, 35 degrees and windy. Uh, so I also am anxious to see how does that offense perform in those conditions. Don't count out the Huskers. Hey, there's more to talk about coming up on our College Sports Roundup after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in Conversation. Steve Ferguson here along with uh, Brad Moore, our co-host, and you're uh, listening to our show on 88.1 Catholic Radio. Stay tuned for the uh, Heeland football game and pregame show with Travis Morgan and Bob Geary, the voices of Crusader football. And a big game for the Crusaders coming up tonight with Lamar's Bulldogs. Yeah, and I have to just give a shout-out to Travis and Bob. Uh, I listened to the entire uh, broadcast last week, and they do a great job. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was in um, Cleveland and listening to it on my on 88.1 on the website, 
uh, out walking around with the phone stuck in my ear, and everybody thought that I was a little batty, but uh, they did a great job in the broadcast. College Sports Roundup, uh, it's our time to talk Morningside, Briarcliff, a little bit of Iowa State, uh, Iowa, and Nebraska to, to finish off our show. Starting tonight with Morningside, um, Morningside football team bounced back in a big way defensively, Brad. They went out to uh, to Doan and pounded them. Uh, I think it was 69-14. They were up 55-0 before Doan scored on the reserves. And I think the defense was a little uh, little bit miffed at giving up a lot of big plays against Midland. Uh, Do- uh, Dolinchek, uh, quarterback we've talked about that's replaced Trent Solzma, continues to have a uh, really, really impressive uh, showing. Uh, they had three running backs uh, that were over 100 yards rushing for the game as well. Um, so pretty good balance in the offense. Defensively, they were led uh, once again by outside linebacker Joel Katzer, who had uh, 10 tackles and uh, uh, led the team um, uh, on defense there again for the for the uh, Mustangs. Got a big one, and Brad, we'll talk a little bit about it coming up this weekend with Briarcliff uh, for the Battle of the what? What's that called? Is, is this... Is this the week? Battle of the Saddle, I think. Yeah, Morningside Barcliff Football Week, yeah, right? At uh, Memorial Field. So it'll be a good one. Yeah, that's going to be a great one. Quick one on the volleyball side of things. Morningside is now 4-4 four and four in the conference, has a big match down the road coming up to Briarcliff next week. They're going on the road to Concordia and Hastings. And if they're going to make it to the top uh, echelon of the uh, of the conference, they got to win these two this weekend to set up a big match with Briarcliff the following week because they end the gauntlet of Northwestern. Jamestown and Dort before they end the season. So it's going to be an interesting finish to see who's going to become the host for that NCAA tournament. So tell me a little update on what's happening at the cliff there, Brett. Okay, so Briarcliff football, uh, that is a big game coming up Saturday. And what that pits is number one offense uh, in the conference and in the country, uh, Morningside versus the number one scoring defense in the conference oh, in the country. Oh, that's good. Briarcliff. And if the weather's bad and oh, yeah. if it's a little rainy, oh, yeah. um, it could be a very interesting football Slippery game. Slippery ball. Oh, yeah. Wind. Uh, quarterback that's new hasn't really been, he really hasn't been tested. I mean, here's how you, I, I watch Morningside and I say, okay, I'm a, I'm a GPAC defensive coordinator. You cannot sit back and let them dictate. You just got to take your chances, Brad. I'd blitz like crazy. I just blitz and, and, and you know, hey, take my chances because that's the only way that you can slow that group down. Their pass pro with their line is phenomenal. They, they, Dolacek hardly gets touched. Yeah. So you got to do something. See what it's like what's, when he's a little nervous. And what's the difference jumpy? when you get beat 70 nothing? Yeah. I'd go take it to him. Yeah. We'll see what Briarcliff does. For sure. So Briarcliff uh, won 13-7 over Midland. Um they had two GPAC players of the week. Uh, Greg Henry rushed for 128 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He's a junior from Rochester, Minnesota. And then we had Javon Woods, who had uh, two interceptions. He's a senior for, from uh, Stock, Stockton, California. Uh, so big win for them. Um, it's going to be a big game this week coming up. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see. I'm, I, I'm not going to be there. I'm, I'm going to be out of town. I got to travel to a meeting, and my but my wife's going to be there, and I'm sure she's fired up about the weather. Um, it's going to be a little chilly. Yeah. I think. Here's what you do: you go down to a Home Depot, you get a, a very stylish. Uh, I think it's Milwaukee brand sells uh, battery powered oh, jackets. Yeah. 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 There you go. I like that idea. So uh, Iowa State. Wow, Brock Purdy. I believe is completing 70% of his passes now into the season. 
they just pounced on TCU and a uh, big win for Iowa State um, as they get ready for some some big games coming up. I believe they're at Oklahoma State, I think, this week, Brad. And, uh, you know, they're they're marching along. They lost that close game to Baylor and Iowa. Otherwise, they'd be right there. Right. I watched that uh, end of that Baylor game. That's unfortunate. But yeah. that uh, TCU score was a little eye-raising. Eye no kidding. For sure. Because I thought TCU had a pretty decent squad from some of the things that I've watched. So. Anyway, uh, back to back to Iowa just a little bit. Um, one of the things we talked about early in the season was could Nate Stanley go on the road and, and really perform? And, you know, and again, we don't want to be so just focused on one game, but these are the games that really make a difference. And the good thing about, you know, Stanley, you know, he's a stand-up guy. He just says, hey, listen, I didn't play good. I, I didn't make the right reads. We didn't make the right adjustments. He got so much pressure up the middle from the defensive tackles, Brad. And as a quarterback, you know, if pressure comes up the middle, that's tough. Then, and especially if you're not super fast, right? Um, and and uh, so the, the the give credit to Michigan's defense, they and they just blitzed the heck out of it, and we didn't pick up blitzes, but they rattled Stanley. He threw into double coverage a couple times, and uh, and it just didn't wasn't as sharp. I predict. And I know people think I'm crazy because Penn State's got the second-ranked defense in the country, but they gave up some yards passing to Pittsburgh, who's not a great team. I think Stanley has a big-time game Saturday night at Iowa City. Yeah, so I I watched uh, a lot of that Iowa game. A couple of those interceptions, one was a tip ball, one was just a phenomenal play that was a deep ball, um, great play by the Michigan cornerback. So. And then there were some uh, a few fumbles by Michigan that were on the turf yeah. that Iowa could have jumped on. Right, right. Really, it could have been game-changing turnovers early. It was just really unfortunate for Iowa. But uh, hey, now you're living my life. That's the way it's been for the last ten years. Yeah, it's such a it's such a strange feeling to watch Iowa get beat by the absolute opposite philosophy. No turnovers, no penalties. Don't beat yourself. And I, I think they kind of beat themselves, Brad. Yeah, they, they beat themselves a little bit. But I was still very impressed with their defense. And everything that Iowa wants to accomplish is still there in front of them. Yeah. And uh, they've got the, the games to turn it around now here quickly. Yeah, I've watched a lot of the interviews this week. I love the interviews from Iowa players. They get 24 hours to kind of either celebrate or mourn the loss. And then it's time to move on. And that's just the way it has to be. Nebraska, tell me a little bit about Martinez. Uh, how serious is that injury? Well, you know, Frost doesn't ever say anything. So he he limped off. And actually, from my vantage point, from where I was sitting, they had the uh, tent open. Uh, and I was watching him work on Martinez. And, you know, it's definitely a knee problem. Um, he was not putting any weight on it after the game. He's been suited up and at practice. I, I don't know if he has been practicing. But uh, I would say things are very doubtful for Martinez. Maybe a little more probable for Spielman, uh, one of our receivers. Yeah. So I, I think that um, you know we we've got a couple backup quarterbacks. Um, you know, there's there's not as big a drop off there. Martinez has been hesitant to run. Uh, you know, half of his of what he does so well, he's not done it this year uh, a lot of times. So I'm really interested to see how Noah Vedral um, yeah. performs on the road up there. You know, here's what I would do. I, I would uh, set Martinez, let him heal. They've got a bye week next week. Good. Then they've got, uh, I think, Indiana at home or something, and then possibly another bye week. So um, I'd sit him down, and I would just tell my defense, my playmakers, uh, we're going to win it without him. Sometimes you look at the head, head-to-head matchup of coaches. Now, if you were 
standing around and you said, okay, who's my first pick? I want to pick somebody. Do I pick Scott Frost or I pick, pick PJ Fleck? I think seven points. Scott Frost's were seven points in that game against Minnesota. I think the the odds are it's about a seven point. So therefore, game. it's an it's a toss up. It's a toss up game. And I I'm telling you, I think the Huskers will go up there and take some of the uh, the wind out of Minnesota's sails. I really think it'll be a big game for them. Yeah. So I do know that uh, I watch PJ Flack. He sprints down the field at the. Uh, opening of every game so he looks pretty quick but i definitely think uh scott probably beats him in the bench press oh yeah scott would lay him out big time well listen everybody that's a wrap on our show two guys in the conversation uh it's went by quickly tonight but we sure look forward to seeing you or listen or hope you're listening next week and uh, we're signing off steve ferguson and brad moore